0: Today, welcome to the start of season four of Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, those in life chat music, and more. I'm producer and host John Merch. At the top, some quick music news. Number one on Australia's National Youth Radio's Hottest 100 is a cover of Tame in Parlour's Elfin done by the Children's Entertainment Group. On the same label as the station and former guests of Radio Notes...
1: Hi, Where we're the Wiggles? Wiggles. I'm Anthony. I'm Emma. I'm Lucky. And I'm Simon.
0: Congratulations to them all. Before we hear from our feature guests for today, here's a few minutes of our chat back from July 2013.
1: What we've always been about is helping children uh, understand that they're very special. Each child is very special. And if they want to react to the dance or the song in their own way that's fantastic uh, we're very open-ended with our challenges that we give the children we ask them for their help we respect our, our audience which is children we've now been gone for 23 years so there are children who grew up um, and I love I love that uh, Murray you know was probably the first guitar player that they ever <laughs> heard or emulated you know um, as a come on. of course that that album that came out rewiggle that was a tribute album from um, Australia's uh, contemporary music groups, and and that kind of said to us, well, you know, we did communicate with those children all that way back, and they've got good memories of the Wiggles, and I hope, the new Wiggles, the same thing, I hope we continue to communicate in a way that they understand, and they feel part of, and they feel better about it. if they go to a show, at the end of the day, they'll go, well, I had a great time today, you know? I felt like I was part of that whole whole show. We tried to make them part of the whole show. It's actually wilder than, a, than an adult show adult show you have ushers there going sit down you know in your seat mm-hmm. we're saying get up and have a dance you know
0: actually one of one of those bands that's on the Rewiggled album is from my school and it just shows like how much of the wiggles papa versus pretty Great. that one i think they entered program where they actually sponsor school bands and then they can actually give them some um live airtime. i actually saw um the drummer he spoke to me after i'd become into this new role as a wiggle and he um had said oh i just i just did the thing on the Rewiggled album and he's like i love murray I, murray was my my child idol and and i think to hear it from somebody that you know is it's it's also really strange but it's it, it is really nice and it and it is in people's childhoods and even you know the people that you you grow up in school together with what of <laughs> music do you guys see when you're not seeing your own performances
1: anthony i'm a, a western swing fanatic so when we go to nashville we go to see a band and the guys have come with us and it is music heaven for me and for everybody actually the time jumpers now when we saw them one night uh greg was with us at the time vince gill uh sang uh, a bob will song with greg on stage we had i i'm talking old, old music here but um who sang uh just can't help believing um bj thomas yep. he was there he got up and sang with this western swing band and from the Stray Cats, we had the guitar player for the Stray Cats. Who was the jazz drummer, the jazz drummer? Duffy Jackson. Duffy Jackson. So Duffy Jackson, playing this beautiful music from 1930s and 1940s. To me, that's heaven, heaven. I love folk. I love roots music. That's who I go see. I go see like, old, old guys playing Dobros and stuff like that.
0: The Wiggles, winners of the Hottest 100 for 2022, back from 2013... If you'd like to hear more of that chat, let me know on the socials. As for the Rewiggled album, believe there might be a new version of that on the way soon. Time now to head in the box, glimpse into the mailbox of the show, where information of new releases can be sent via our website or direct to radionotes at writeme.com. That is radionotes at w-r-i-t-e-m-e dot A Place to Fall Apart, new album from Lisa Mitchell, is out on April the 22nd, produced by Tom Iancic, who has worked with Big Scary and Number One Dads and features both the single Zombie and a new number called I Believe in Kindness. With a film clip shot on 16mm, as filmmaker Elias Wynholschke-Kidd states, provides for, quote, soft truthfulness within the visuals that aim to offer a mosaic dream state. In relation back to the feeling and songwriting done on the day prior to a global climate strike a few years back, Mitchell states, The feeling of being together that day fuels my faith in humanity and reminds me of the power of a feeling. Notable cinematography by Benita Casino. The music clip can be found in the show notes. Hide from a Broken Heart, a tune from Dallas Smith, is out. While it could be easy to be distracted by the half-billion streams, also being number one solo country artist in their home country, and the numerous awards to match, it's their consistent work and heart. That being a nod to the creation of the mental health charity Lifted, also named after their 2014 album, and Direct Delivery as this latest number continues that legacy of strong songwriting and music generally. 2012, their album Jumped Right In had popular cut a spun on the wireless. It was called Somebody Somewhere. In 2022, Smith's release with Some More Slick in Good Ways was timeless and delivered on the title with the collaborative effort on Friends Don't Let Friends Drink Alone, a standout from that one. Enough for now about Smith. One more from In The Box, and that's from Mild West sophomore. Machine learning is on the way before then another single has dropped. It's called Nightfall. Said to be an explanation of entropy and grand scale of time and a number fine-tuned of numerous live performances that has even more ethereal and reflective, which is to say something, than their first cut from the record that was called Life Again, hinting it will be a full-bodied album from them. On that, they will, across its 10 tracks, explore technology with its contradictory ability to both hinder and improve society, futuristic in the sense of the near future and the projection to a long realm of existence with zeros and ones in command. If you still use Spotify... There's a playlist there, search Radio Notes Podcast, with all tunes mentioned in this episode, including from our feature guest, who joins us now.
2: So I'm Telling You was the debut from today's guest. Their grandmother is a hillbilly and yodeling star who is still performing well into their ninth decade. They are a South Australian Music Award nominee with follow-up tune, Guess. Here to start season four is Cayenne Burns.
0: Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with the single. So I'm telling you, this is the debut single. Have a look at the songwriting process for it because you actually have collaborated at that
3: level as a singer. I was approached to record this song with some songwriters from the US and a friend of mine, Ravi, who's produced this track, brought this song to my attention and it was a beautiful song. Presented with a song like this Mm -hmm. as a debut.
0: I guess firstly, what was it about this song that drew you to it?
3: It was a beautiful song. I think it sort of um, signifies a lot about where my life is at the moment. So I've related to it like massively. Quite a sad song, but I think a lot of people can relate to it. And that's why I chose this one. There was a few options, but this one just really found a spot in my heart. Talk to us about that element of the song. The lyrics were beautiful and it was just a truly, like a really emotional tune. So it was something that I think I wanted to release first because a lot of people could relate to it. So you get to perform this song live.
0: Mm-hmm. There are certain emotions in this song. What are those emotions tapping into?
3: Everyone I suppose has had a point. I mean myself especially when you've had to leave a situation where you know it's the right thing to do as hard as it may be, you know. So with me it's I guess it's such a real feeling of we have to make these decisions whether or not um, we want to, but we have to do what's right. Really emotional song in that respect because I've you know had to leave relationships myself that were ne- not necessarily Bad, but just they weren't right for us. It struck a chord with me because you just, you know, we all have had to make these decisions that are not necessarily what we want, but we have to do them for it's the right thing to do. How are you finding it performing that song live for those very reasons? Um, it's very emotional singing it live. Um, the first time I did sing it live was just a pretty incredible experience. You know, there was a lot of people that I, I think really felt something in this song. I've had a lot of feedback. So it was just a really emotional experience singing it live.
0: Let's talk about emotions and talk about the single launch, mm-hmm. which I believe you did where the film clip was done, which was something called The Siberian Restaurant. It looks like a lovely place. Yes, it
3: is. It was a really, really magical night. The, magical is probably the only word I can use to explain it. It was just a really, really emotional moment for me to be able to sing you know, these songs in front of my family and friends for the first time. And obviously, yeah, members of the public too. But it was just, yeah, the, the support and the vibe and the atmosphere in the room was just amazing.
0: The second single is now out called Guess. Mm-hmm. What are you building on? I think it's a four-track, an EP.
3: Initially, I started off with the idea of a four-track EP. These songs, because they were sort of happening a little bit further apart, we've sort of decided to release this song, I'm telling you, as a single, and now guess I believe I'm going to release it as a second single as opposed to the EP. We've got a couple of other songs in the works, so I don't know whether or not I'm going to hold them back and maybe put them towards an EP, but yeah, it's sort of a little bit just winging it at the minute.
0: Collaborating with people in Nashville and, yes. and, and the likes of that.
3: Mm-hmm. What about Guest?
0: What's happening with that one?
3: Ravi, once again, has brought that forward f- for Who is this
0: Ravi? Sounds like a bit of a legend.
3: He is. He's brilliant. So he's an artist himself. Actually just released his EP, but he's also producing the tracks. He's been a massive support to me. So he's been a, an Adelaide artist for a long time and played the gig scene and decided to do the original stuff himself. And now, yeah, he's he's producing other people and he's been a really good friend of mine.
0: This song Guess on First Listen has those many layers about morals but as well as not deceptions but people's views and misconceptions in a way as well. You've chosen these songs for a reason. Mm-hmm. This one here I think is a chance for you to say I'm not a wallflower, I'm I'm something stronger than that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think you've sort of nailed it. It's sort of to say, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, I think we've all sort of got this little side inside of us, you know, this other little person, you know, and it, and I think it's nice to be able to express that. I think this song is a little bit about coming out of your shell, releasing your inner self, I suppose. Yeah.
0: One so. of the influences you cite is the baby
3: animals. And that draws mm-hmm. me to the power that is Susie Demarch. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge lover of rock, especially women in rock, you know, like are these powerful women belting out these amazing songs. Like it's always been something I've I've loved, um, even uh, you know, playing the gig scene. The the rock songs is something that I've always always loved to sing. So these women in rock are just huge inspirations to you know to me and my music. It's sort of the the tr- the path I've always wanted to go down. Yeah, these big powerful voices, these sexy women. That's kind of who I sort of like to think I can relate to a little bit.
0: <laughs> so there is that sense of sexiness as well as empowerment.
3: Yes, absolutely, yeah, right.
0: so. and not defined as many women, unfortunately. And wrongly have been over the years, not defined by age either. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, one hundred percent. I mean, I saw Susie a few years ago and she's just still kicking it like she was, you know, twenty years ago. She's she's a f- phenomenal artist and with a beautiful, powerful voice. So. And Chrissy took it to the grave. Absolutely. As well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Just talking about the blokes for a little while, Dave Gleason, I believe, you've supported at the Governor High Marsh, our premium live music venue here mm-hmm. in South Australia.
3: Yes. Talk to me about that. It was a huge honour to be asked, to be honest. To be able to get up there and do, I suppose, a a big Christmas show and support someone as amazing as Dave Gleeson was a huge honour. Hopefully get another opportunity to do it again. I actually did it a few years ago as well um, for an Australia Day function going back quite a few years now. So it's the second time I've actually had the pleasure of supporting Dave Gleeson.
0: Let's talk about something that you hate. You applied for Australian Idol. You went up to the third auditions. Mm -hmm what you did or did not get from that experience,
3: and more importantly, why you've been quoted as saying, I hate it. I just didn't particularly like the whole process, you know. I mean, this is early days. I don't know if they do; they still do it the same, you know, now. I think it's all by video now. But back then, we were in lines for, you know, 12 hours. So by the time you get in there, you're absolutely exhausted. You know, by the third audition, I suppose they've, they're not even airing the, the first two auditions. So they're letting a lot of people get through that. Are more for laughs than anything, and a lot of talented vocalists are getting booted, you know. Which for these people, and yeah, and by the time you get to the audition room, you're just so exhausted, and you're not. I, I think they've, they've got something they're looking for. To me, it's they're not looking for sort of authentic. Look, my opinion. I feel like they're they're looking for someone that they can mold, or you know, I, I don't think you really get to express yourself as an artist in shows like that. But in saying that, that's my experience. Karen, can we just spend a little bit of time talking about this and the idea of the
0: importance of covers mm-hmm. through Heartburn, which is the acoustics that you do with uh, Tristan Hart. Mm-hmm. You've done a, a number of cover gigs in your time. Yes. What is it for you that cover gig brings?
3: It's just a, an, a reason to be able to play regularly. You know, I mean, obviously there's not a lot of opportunities to play original music, especially in Adelaide or whatnot. But it's just a way to keep playing, and it's really. Um, you know a great way to entertain people i get enjoyment out of people singing along and i'm having a good time i'm dancing one day eventually again maybe <laughs> but like honestly it's just a way to keep it, to keep it going and yeah i love performing and if that's an opportunity that we get to then i suppose you know covers it is
0: and what about the musical form as well, your chance to, I guess, do a little bit of interpretation of some of the classics?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's about, I suppose, making these songs our own. We do get to express ourselves by singing songs that, that the public still know. So they get to sing along, but we also get to do the Heartburn version of it as well. And, and there's a plugged-in version called Chronic Heartburn? Yeah, so the five-piece extension of Heartburn. see we're a duo, and then we wanted to sort of make it bigger to you know, cater for other bigger events as well. So we came up with Chronic Heartburn. It is that sense of familiarity. I, I get sure. that, yeah. but there's also that sense of singing along. I think it like it brings people together too, because they're singing songs that they love. You know, they know. There's such a thing to be said about the atmosphere of people singing along to stuff that they know, and I think it's much better than listening to it on a CD played on a stereo. You know, so it sort of gets people involved, and you know, it's really nice to see them enjoying themselves with that. And I mean, I do when you hear a song that you know playing at a pub, you sing along. It, it makes you happy, you know. What is your favourite karaoke song? <laughs> Pretty well known for the um, Guns and Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, i got to say. <laughs> so I do love belting that out. Um, but I do love a good uh, girly ballad, you know, something by Jewel um, as well, you know, You Were Meant For Me or Foolish Games. So I don't get an opportunity to play, you know, things like Foolish Games and stuff because it's a little bit too sad and soppy to be playing at a gig, so it's nice to belt that out. Hi,
0: Steve Davis here from The Adelaide Show podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy ours. We have an eclectic range of guests covering an eclectic range of topics, all to put the passion of South Australia on centre stage. You can find us at theadelaideshow.com.au and, of course, in your favourite podcast app, Spotify, everywhere you find them. Right now, though, back to John Murch and Radio Notes. Kyan Burns is our special guest on this episode of Radio Notes, and we're going to talk acting with you now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got very excited because I, I I tried to do some research. I, I don't want to out myself and embarrass myself too much here. I guess Kyan Burns played Louisa Barrington
3: yes. in Rain Shadow. <laughs> yes, that was a little while ago.
0: Uh, 2007, I think, because <laughs> yeah. I watched it when it went on air on the ABC. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's currently available on iView for those that like to track it on down in Australia. This, by the way, featured Rachel Ward, Gary Sweet, but also the amazing and a former guest of Radio Notes, Victoria Thane, who uh, played Jewel Blake, the lead vet in it.
3: Dabbled into acting there for a while. Um, I just, I remember that shoot and it was a long... Hot day. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about Australian Idol. We're talking about
0: a premium Australian TV series about a vet in the
3: country mm.
0: or look, rural Australia, I should say.
3: Look, it was great. It was all a um, great experience for me. And when I sort of dabbled into acting, that was something that I was really interested in doing at the time. Now, um, with these film clips and things that I've done, it's sort of it's given me that sort of fire again to maybe get back into it. So I guess we'll see where that heads. Was yeah. it the same crew for both film clips? Yes, yes, so my um so the director Gareth Wilkes is a really good friend of mine. He's my brother's partner. He's brilliant. So he sort of came up with the I suppose the storyline to a point and just yeah, he, he created some magic.
0: As someone who's uh, you know, I am not talking out of school here and
3: I'm not saying it in a negative way, but
0: someone who's a little bit more mature in years. Mm-hmm. How are you finding that whole branding thing?
3: Look, it's tough. You know, part of me wishes I had done it years ago, you know, because it is, it is a little bit tough to try and um, start something when you're sort of a little bit behind the eight ball. All these young kids on Instagram and all of that seem to be able to just I think smash they're on it. TikTok or something.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Let me just check my MySpace to see what they're doing. <laughs> it does feel like that a little bit. So, yeah, it's, it's oh, honestly. Hang on, it's a
0: message on my ICQ. <laughs> on my Netscape.
3: It's a massive learning curve for me. It's, um, yeah, just trying to figure it all out with all the um, yeah, social media side of things and everything is just, yeah, it's kicking me in the butt, but I'm working it out.
0: It's a good time to bring up the musical talents of your Nana. I regularly check out Landline, but I missed this story and I had
3: to revisit it a little <laughs> later. Pip Courtney's done a story about your grandma. My uh, Nana Zita, Azita Burns, she's a country music singer. She has been for, well, forever. She's now 93 Still performing, still, I think she's just recorded another, her, her last ever album, I think. She's been brilliant. She's sort of travelled the country, singing country music uh, forever with her partner Ian Hands. so they've been working together for a long, long time. So she's just a phenomenal human being, just um, loves her country music. Particularly that of the yodelling as <laughs> yes, well.
0: Yes, yes. Ever been tempted?
3: Look, I've given it a crack. Uh, when we were kids, she tried to sort of teach us every now and again when she'd come down, but it's... Look, it's probably not something I've tried seriously. Yeah, maybe one day I'll give it a shot. But yeah, I'd look, I honestly don't know whether or not I'll be able to do it. Being one of six growing up in Gawler, what was the pecking order like? It was great. There was always that fight to survive kind of mentality, you know, um, you know and always trying to, um, I suppose, outdo each other or compete. You know, it was, it, we were very competitive as a family. So,
0: And how did music play into that?
3: Obviously my nana being a, being a singer, but my dad was a huge music lover. So he recorded all the rages, all the countdowns, everything as we were growing up and, and put them all on uh, music tapes and he even had like a little index book so we could search for what song was on each tape. And then when I was younger, I just, I thought I could sing, you know, so my parents sort of tried to, uh, I suppose, get me into that as time went on. But um, yeah, I didn't actually start singing properly until I was like 15, I think. Amazing partnership, musical partnership
0: with Tristan. Mm-hmm. Is there any stories from the road or any interesting things about how
3: that all started for you two? It is a kind of... oh God, I don't even know if I should tell this story, how we met. The We both sort of were living in Gawler at the time. He played in another band, which he still does, called Transit. I actually... Had, well, I don't know whether to talk about this, lost my license um, drink driving. Um, did you do the time? I did the time. You're not endorsing it? No, absolutely not. And had to get a breatho monitor installed in my car. And he happened to be the auto electrician that was installing it. So, And then we spoke because we knew each other as musicians. And I said that, you know... And I you lived it. in Gawler. So I um, needed another guitarist and he was happy to step in. So... Um, At that point, I was sort of playing with several different guitarists, but nothing was solid. So I just wanted a solid duo partner. And that was many years ago, obviously, as well. Yes, yes. It's going back about nine years ago now.
0: What is it about his musical talents that you most enjoy? Since he's not here, you can talk him up.
3: Yeah, look, he is a brilliant guitarist. I've worked with lots of guitarists, and he's right up there. He just plays beautifully. And he's also a great harmoniser as well. So... Voices just work great together, I believe. It's always just been really pleasant working with him. We just clicked from the start. And I think also doing covers, you'd need to have
0: the same sort of repertoire understanding as well mm-hmm. because it'd yeah. be no good you knowing 10 songs, him knowing 10 songs, but neither in knowing both.
3: Mm-hmm. The joy is that we're both pretty quick at learning things anyway, you know, so if there's a song that one of us wants to do, then we can pick it up pretty quickly and bash it out in the next gig, but both got quite similar music tastes, and he, he really appreciates good music too, so um, it's just worked really well. That's Heartburn,
0: H-A-R-T, Burn, mm-hmm. that is the duo, and then we said there's also a band version of that, but you're joining us today, Kyan Burns, to talk about your solo work. Mm-hmm.
3: How important has travel been in your life? Massive, travel i've traveled a lot um i think it's been about 32 countries or something traveling is what keeps me sane it's a massive way to sort of um refresh and get time away from the stress of everything else so it's been a pretty crazy couple of years not being able to do that canceled i think four holidays in the last two years or whatever it is so it is hard it definitely contributes to my i suppose mental well-being I'm not having that. It's been quite a struggle, to be honest.
0: Have you been using hikes and mountain walks as the substitute for that?
3: Definitely. Definitely. Huge hiker. hiking. So is normally a huge hiker, nevertheless? Uh, look, I loved hiking before COVID, but not to the point that I do now, I suppose. Now it's sort of, you know, it's taking the place of everything else that I was able to do. So I'm definitely hiking a lot more than I, I would have if travelling was still an option, I think. Been a great opportunity to check out a lot of cool places in South Australia that I Probably would not have done otherwise. What's one of the fave spots? I love going up to the Flinders, to be honest. I was actually at Corn um, just a week ago and there were some pretty amazing spots up there like Devil's Peak and and whatnot and also Alligator Gorge.
0: Let's get back to that world travel when it was a thing and you were doing a lot of it. Mm -hmm. What were some of the places that were inspiring you? that you're in awe of
3: even. There's so many. There's so many. I love, I mean, Malta and Croatia, just the absolute beauty of those places is amazing. For some reason, I feel like Croatia kind of had this scary sound to it. I don't know. But it's it's just this beautiful, beautiful place that, you know, I, I would love to go back again. But then there's also places, you know, like your your Barcelona where there's just everything there you've got the old gothic district and you've got the the waterfront and you've got you know there's just a little bit of everything that's a a really phenomenal place malta has actually left a mark on you as well Mm -hmm. uh literally (laughs) 2014 you've got a tattoo on your left shoulder blade i got the tattoo that says this too shall pass i've had a lot of i suppose difficult times in my life so i do sort of you know go by a few of these sayings Malta was a really, really special place. Um, we actually went there while we were in Europe, and my husband had just been hit by a car in Greece. So we actually went there and it was a crazy, crazy experience. And then to have that and sort of recuperate in in Malta, it was like, okay, let's just uh, you know get this done now. so
0: so fond memories.
3: yeah, all of my tattoos have meant something. So I have a tattoo on my stomach, which is actually um got my brother's name in it. My brother passed away on his eighteenth birthday. You know that was a pretty significant moment for me, and just you know, I suppose symbolising that on my body forever, kind of yeah. And you know, I have "K um, Sarah Sarah written on my arm because I've oh, I'm just of the motto "What will be, will be." I suppose so. There's been a lot, uh, I suppose, in my life over the years. You know that yeah, I just you just kind sort of want to memorialise. I lost a daughter, and so my daughter was passed. She passed away at two weeks old. Um, So I have a tattoo on my foot um, with her. It's, yeah, it's like infinity symbol with a beautiful angel baby and whatnot. So there's been a lot in my life that I suppose I've just, yeah, and I guess that's my way of coping. Apart from that, are there other ways that help you cope as well? My way of coping with anything is just keeping busy and and thriving for more, I suppose, just constantly trying to achieve something all the time, you know, so it's, I suppose it's just a, a massive drive to stay busy and, And keep myself occupied. What kind of songs have you been writing over the years? Or are you more of a poet
0: waiting to be a songwriter?
3: I used to write poetry a lot when I was younger. Um, And then I kind of just, once um, I sort of got into the cover scene and whatnot, I just kind of stopped because I was, I don't know, working all the time. And so there are sort of poems that I'll be turning into songs going forward. Um, But they are, I mean, kind of heartbreak, girl power kind of sort of stuff, I suppose. Yeah. Jewel is a particular singer-songwriter
0: who is of a particular era, of a particular type. What is it for Jewel and Kyron? What is that connection of the two?
3: Jewel has just some beautiful, beautiful lyrics and she's very relatable. Um, I like to think somewhat that So I'm Telling You has a little bit of a Jewel feel. Her lyrics are always sort of emotional and meaningful and and relatable for me. So it was something back when my brother died many years ago... Her album was something that I just absolutely destroyed constantly because it was just playing over and over (laughs) and over again. So every time I listen to her songs, it sort of takes me back to that place. Yeah, it it really pulls at the heartstrings just about everything that she she releases.
0: There's also the issue of self-questioning as well Mm -hmm. beyond the why me, why me and.
3: Mm -hmm. We're always sort of full of self-doubt and I've had a lot of sort of I suppose, bad experiences and whatever in my time. But at the same time, I feel like it's made me sort of stronger, you know, constantly thriving for more, I guess. So, yeah. Let's talk about guests in the frame of this. Mm -hmm.
0: The strength to actually present yourself as this,
3: that and this. Definitely. I think it's a huge sort of breakout song for me. Finding myself, showing who I truly am, I guess, It's been such a journey. I think Guess is sort of the next step in my journey to sort of just pull down the walls, show people who I am, sort of express myself, definitely fitting in where I'm sitting with life right now.
0: And that's the great thing
3: is we're not getting some sort of young la da kind of singer
0: songwritery kind of thing. We're actually getting some guts in the music.
3: Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to release anything that didn't mean anything, you know. It's got to have a meaning behind it. It's got to be expressing uh, myself in some sort of way. So I like to think releasing things that people can really you know, get some sort of message from opposed to just a cool pop song.
0: Food and drink, oh. particularly in terms of world travel, mm-hmm. where is it for you?
3: Probably Italy, I think. Well, I went to Reggio Emilia in Italy, which is this little country town. Oh, it was the most phenomenal food I've ever eaten in my life. There was a truffle pasta dish that... I honestly, I, I would kill to go back there and eat that again. And just the service of everything and, you know, the, the meats and it's just some phenomenal food there. Everything we ate in Reggio Emilia was amazing and they have all the markets and one of my favourite all-time places. That's probably the best food I've eaten.
0: And in terms of the beverage, is yeah. there a particular beverage over the years of that travel that's that grabbed you? You know, Some uh, it's a Guinness in Ireland, but, you know.
3: Yeah, look, I did have a Guinness in Ireland and, um, yeah, look – I'm trying to think of a, a beverage as such. You know, it, it was really nice actually going to an Irish pub and sitting at a, an Irish pub and drinking beers with the locals singing songs. That was kind of like a, such a great experience. Oh, you've probably done the German beers as well. Oh, oh yeah, Oktoberfest. I've been to Oktoberfest three times. So oh, yeah. like the real one? The real one, yes. Uh, that's one of the most amazing experiences ever. That is such a, a positive, fun Incredible experience. Just You get sat on a table with people from all over the world and by the end of the night, you're just your best friends, you know, and it's sharing the beers and drinking the leader signs, singing the German songs. There's just nothing like it. What's been that
0: cultural experience that's changed you?
3: Going to Morocco was a pretty amazing experience for me. We went to the, uh, like, City Ifni and um, Tagazout. So City Ifni is like a really small sort of place. It's not a big touristy place at all. And just hanging out with some of the locals there, like Emad. And, uh, so Emad is a good friend of mine now. We still talk over, over social media. It was just a, just a whole different lifestyle there. And there's this big stigma on, on certain nationalities and whatnot as well. And, you know, and you just it was really nice to sort of see another side and sort of spend some time with these people. Yeah, sort of hang out, go surfing. And and be in their home, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Sitting in their home, having dinner with their families, you know. It was, yeah, a beautiful experience. Surfing. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Gawler.
0: <laughs> Where did surfing come into the picture? <laughs>
3: Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a good surfer. I will just put that out there. But um, Gawler and surf, I don't connect the two. No, no, I didn't do any surfing when I was younger. When I met my husband, he was a big surfer. So he grew up in York Peninsula. It was his plan to go back to Morocco. He spent quite a bit of time in Morocco before we met. He wanted to get me surfing, basically. So. I did surf in Morocco. Look, I'm not very good at it. You're not a water baby, as they say. <sighs> Look, not hugely. No, I'm not a great swimmer. I, I love the ocean. I, you know, I love the water, but uh, yeah, I'm. I do struggle a little bit with going out in the in the heavy waves. I think Morocco felt a little bit safer because there's no sharks and going out in big, crazy water. I did in Hawaii as well, and I, I was yeah, a bit scary for me.
0: We mentioned your nana before. Mm-hmm. She's um, a yodeling hillbilly queen.
3: Yes. Queensland's Yodelling Cowgirl was her name, actually. Yeah. She was always in, living in country Queensland and we've always lived in South Australia. So when she came down, and she'd always drive down with the regardless of you know her age or whatever, and they'd come down and stay with us for a while. And and, drive the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, yeah, they'd bring their, their little combi van, or not really a combi van, it was like a purple van, station wagon thing. And even when they came and stayed with us, they'd sleep in their van, just fully loving that lifestyle. But she's always dressed in the... In her in her outfits, which were always so bright and happy, and and then we'd all get together and, and just have a little bit of a concert, and they would sit there. Her and Ian would sit and and perform for us as kids. When we it was it was amazing. It was always so much fun. Such level of positivity as well. Mm, yeah, and even now, I mean, she's played at, all, at like all my brothers and sisters' weddings, and yeah, and and even you know my brother only got married I think two years ago, and she still got up and and sang at his wedding, and everyone just yeah loves her. She's she's ninety one of age dancing at a wedding yeah (laughs) she's an absolute legend
0: what is the plan from here so the two singles are out Mm
3: -hmm.
0: is the focus now to get the four track out is music now it have you thrown all other jobs away
3: Uh, not yet so (laughs) i'd love music to be it but unfortunately it doesn't pay the bills got quite a few different things on the go at the moment so hopefully something comes of that these two songs are out. I've got also some that I've written myself, which might go down a completely different avenue genre-wise. Um, and I'm also sort of doing a, a vocal track on a progressive metal track for another band over the next week, which is kind of cool. So there's a lot of different things happening. So I'm just going to I'm going to ride the wave and see where it takes me. So you're willing to lend yourself out to other formats? Yeah, absolutely. If they think my voice will suit. So, and that was the case with these guys. I want to know about the originals that you've done
0: for yourself. So we're talking about the originals. This is kinda now putting on your songwriter hat. Mm-hmm.
3: Where do you write those songs? They've been written years ago, to be honest. So they've sort of been sitting there waiting for something to happen. So as a teenager, when I was going through a lot of stuff, to be honest, and so it's now it's a matter of changing them to suit where I am now to make them more fitting. How do you keep the honesty of the original thought, or does that not matter for you? Definitely matters because it's, you know, it was, it meant something at the time. So now I suppose it's just sort of trying to take that young teenager in me and, and sort of putting it to a however old adult person that I am now. <laughs> so making it relatable, you know. I think a lot of what I've written back then is still really relatable now. Just a matter of making it more suitable to where I am now. Who's your sounding board for those songs? Family members, you know, I, sp- I speak to them. My dad is a huge, like a huge support to me. So anything that, anything musically, I, I go to him first. And he's always been a huge support with these songs that I've written as well. He's just been waiting for something to happen with them. He plays a, a huge role in, in everything music for me. My dad has been like a, a huge reason why I keep pushing through, you know. So every time, you know, something exciting comes up musically, he's the first person I get on the phone to. He's He's pushed me the whole way. There was a few years ago, going back more than a few years ago now, but I, I was kind of done with it and I wanted a break. And he just, no, 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 like you, you got to keep doing it, you got to keep doing it. And I'm glad he did. I Absolutely no regrets. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that freedom you now have a sense of.
3: I, I've hit a point in my life where I'm at an age where. You just, you got to just be yourself now. You know, I think you spend your whole life trying to be something for everyone else and be this person that maybe you're not, you know, and I think I've sort of just come to terms with the fact that I've just got to own who I am now and and I'm comfortable with that. It's brought on some pretty massive life changes over the last few months. It's made me realise how tough I can be in in just about any situation. So life's thrown some curveballs at me lately and there's a a lot of changes happening. So I'm just trying to comprehend that.
0: I came in this interview thinking I'd be speaking with a Kyan Burns who's gutsy, maybe a little bit older than some, a female who is ready to rock it out as well as sharing their heart. And you definitely are that, Kyan Burns. Thanks for your time.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
2: Kyan Burns. Guess the track, Out Now, with its music video by filmmaker Gareth Wilkes. Online, search for their music at Kyan Burns Official.
0: During the Fringe Festival season, Kyan will have a series of Saturday late night shows at the Siberia restaurant and bar. Details in the show notes. Can also confirm that an original we were speaking about at the end of our chat has a name of We Won't Let Them Win, which sees Kyan collaborating with hip hop artist Bofa or Bofa, B-O-F-F-A, with a tentative release date in March for this new tune. In other news, guests of the show, Tetsuians at the end of last year, released a new single, Punching In, from their forthcoming third album. Here next time, we'll hear from...
2: Music is their bag. That's their thing. And I have no qualms with people that have huge music collections if it's not impacting the way they live their life. If they can store them and find what they need the way that, you know, when they want to play things and in the version that they want to play them, then that's awesome. For me, the issue comes when people have more than they can access or that they have paying for storage for stuff that they just aren't using. That's when I feel like you need to get to the underlying reason why you're holding on to so much stuff. Following on from that, you reminded me of a client we had, Tara, and we were helping a man downsize once and he had a two, or might have only been a one bedroom apartment we were going through and packing the house for him so that he could move and he was moving to a place that was even small like a studio apartment. In his bedroom, he had wardrobes all around all three walls. When we opened up the cupboards, they were full of LPs. He was happily ensconced in this little LP jungle and he had, you know, one saucepan and one fry pan and one set of utensils because he had no room for anything else and he had a small little section of clothing. He had decided what his priority was and he'd got rid of all of the other stuff so that he could have more
0: LPs. Beck and Tara are the hosts of Be Uncluttered. Talk music. Thanks to Kyan Burns for being our feature guest this time.
2: RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.